As many of you may know, uh, a few weeks ago I had the, the great privilege of making pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And before I went, a number of people who had been before had told me in no uncertain terms, this will change the way you read the Scriptures. This will change the way that, that, that you preach, more likely even, uh, as a priest, reflecting upon these things and, and, and conveying the truths um, that you've experienced by walking in what, what they call the fifth gospel, right? as the Holy Land, a place where all of these things took place. And so, uh, going to that place, to that Holy Land, and indeed changed the way that I understood and hear the sacred scriptures, even in very small ways, when it just announces, a, you know, proclaims a, a town through which our Lord was passing, I know some things of what it looks like. I have a, a, an image in my mind, an experience of these things, which is tremendously helpful and insightful. What I didn't realize is that in addition to changing the way in which I read and understand the sacred scriptures, is that it would also dramatically change the way in which I pray the Holy Rosary. This was something that no one told me to expect, so it kind of caught me off guard. It shouldn't have necessarily, as the, scripture, the scriptures are, are what the rosary is. It's, it's meditating upon the life of our Lord with our Blessed Mother. It's to be able to contemplate all the places that we had seen. And I should have understood that even before then, as indeed the pilgrimage itself was titled In the Footsteps of Jesus with Mary. So, arriving there, we would go to these various places, and the majority of the spots and the sites that we visited uh, were the mysteries of the rosary, the places where the rosary events actually took place. And we would go, and as we would arrive in the scene, our, our tour guide, uh, our guide for the trip, a uh, scripture scholar would, would reflect upon the sacred scriptures and break open the Word of God, reflect upon these things and give a, you know, a 20, 30-minute uh, reflection and, and kind of opening the mysteries for us. And then our own, our own local tour guide, who was well-versed in history and Jewish culture, as well as the sacred scriptures, would often add his own, his own kind of additional pieces and parts to, to draw us into the cultural experience of things. And so, after having you know, been, been hit with a, a fire hose worth of information, uh, at each of the sites of the, Holy, of the Holy Rosary, of these mysteries, we would then simply have a moment of quiet and then pray the decade appropriate to the place. And it was a tremendous gift, one, again, that I had not expected or anticipated, but which came nonetheless and has borne much fruit for myself already. And as I was there, I was also reflecting upon some of these things and reflecting upon this, this praying of these mysteries and, and just how much can be said about each of the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. And so it was as I was there going through that week and, and praying in place to place to place, the thought came, I pray it was divinely inspired, the thought came to spend a good bit of time preaching upon the Holy Rosary, to preach upon the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. More concretely, the thought came to preach a mystery for a homily, a single mystery for a single homily. And so I began to pray about that and reflected a bit more and started to look at the calendar and noticed that that actually works out quite well. Some of you may know that already. So what we will begin is next Sunday, we'll begin with the Joyful Mysteries. 
appropriate since next Sunday is Gaudete Sunday. We'll be donning the, 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 violet, or the rose-colored vestments rather than the violet ones and allowing our hearts to lift up with a little, a little greater joy on that, uh, on that kind of halfway mark, so to speak, of this holy season. But we'll begin reflecting upon those mysteries and go throughout the, throughout the Christmas season and through the conclusion of Advent and Christmas with the joyful mysteries. We'll have the green Sundays in Septuagesima to be able to reflect upon the luminous mysteries. Lent will, of course, be the sorrowful mysteries, and then Easter following will be the glorious. There are a couple of weeks in there on account of the calendar uh, structuring this year, the way things fell. There are a couple of weeks in which there, there is some, some extra time to reflect, and so we'll take that uh, as we begin the Lenten season and as we begin the Easter season in preparation for each of those times. And so, uh, this is my hope. My hope is that this will be an opportunity for us to experience renewal in the rosary. And that hope is founded on a simple invitation, is for each of you to pray the Holy Rosary daily. For some of you, that may not be a hard task. You may have been doing it already for years. And if that's the case, praise God. But if it's not the case, if you have not had a devotion to the Holy Rosary, if you have not, or uh, maybe perhaps you had it in the past and kind of fell off a bit and, you know, life, life got a hold of you and it simply fell by the wayside, I'd invite you to, to pick it back up again. And if in the midst of these things you find it impossible to be able to pray the full rosary, a full set of mysteries, I would invite you at least as a bare minimum, each of us, to pray a single mystery, a single decade of the rosary every single day. You might perhaps take uh, one of the mysteries of the day or you can reflect upon the mystery that was uh, preached upon the preceding Sunday. But in all of us, whether as individuals, as rosary groups, as families, as communities, whatever the case, to renew our devotion to the Most Holy Rosary, to praying it faithfully. The reasoning, of course, is that any time we pray the Holy Rosary, it is simply contemplating the face of Jesus with our Blessed Mother. It is walking hand in hand with Our Lady to gaze upon the life of Christ. And in a very real way, it is a lifesaver. We all know the, the image of those, those life preservers, you know, the circular ring with a rope tied to it, and somebody falls overboard, or somebody's in, you know, in, in the deep end of the pool and, and finds they can't swim so well. You know, the, they throw out the life preserver, they throw out the ring, and you, you just hold on to it, and they pull you back in. And this is what the rosary is. It's that wonderful ring that is tossed to us, that if we hold on to it, if we allow it to pass frequently enough within the, between our fingers and especially within our mind, it is to know with certainty that we will be brought safely to heaven and there to find rest. So, it is for us to pray, particularly to pray the rosary. Again, it's my hope that this will be a renewal in praying the rosary, but also, as you may know, the, the U.S. bishops announced earlier this year the intention for a Eucharistic revival for the United States, citing the, of course, uh, abysmal reality of belief and devotion in the Holy Eucharist in the Church at large, you know, throughout, the, throughout our country and indeed throughout the world. And while that, that Eucharistic revival is taking place, uh, kind of quietly the foundations being built on the diocesan level and among the clergy and the staff in various parishes, there will be more, uh, more public things coming about in the months and couple of years ahead as that revival really begins to, to manifest in its riches. 
But I would suggest to you that a wonderful way to prepare for that is to turn to Our Lady. Turn to our Blessed Mother and allow the rosary to continue to, uh, to pass through our hands and in our minds is to contemplate the person of Jesus Christ and to draw close to him and to recognize him in who he is in his mysteries so that we recognize him and love him even more deeply in the most holy Eucharist. This is my hope, that this will be a kind of, a kind of dual revival, two birds with one stone type of thing, in which we increase in our devotion for the rosary as a way of leading us to a deeper devotion to Jesus present in the Holy Eucharist. In addition to those two things, numerous other fruits will be born. We can say that with certainty. If we are faithful to the Holy Rosary, whether individually, as, as groups, as families, whatever the case may be, if indeed we pray the, regularly rosary, the, the rosary regularly and faithfully, contemplating the mysteries, especially contemplating the mysteries, not just, uh, not just saying the words, but contemplating the life of Christ, we will experience in our community conversions, reversions to the faith, Healings will take place. Peace will be restored to souls. Virtue will increase and vice will decrease. There will be an increase in faith and hope in our families, a deeper trust in the person of Christ. Love will well up more and more within our own hearts. We'll be protected from the evil one and from the world around us in all the ways in which it seeks to pull us, in our youth especially, away from the goodness of Jesus. We will see, I pray, blessings in our families, in our parish, and I pray even so also in the diocese, in the church, and in our country. And above all of these things, God will be glorified. And this is our main goal, to glorify the Lord, to allow our lives to be radiating His presence, radiating His love and His witness. It's for this that we were made. It's for this that we were baptized and consecrated, to participate and to, and to act out his, his nature as priest, prophet, and king, to be able to pray, to be able to call others to worship, to be able to point them to the Lord God. All of this we do as we ourselves grow also in holiness. And so I ask you to join with me in this crazy 22-week endeavor to pray the rosary, to pray it regularly, to pray it fervently, to ask for those graces, to pray it regularly and fervently, both for yourself as well as for our own parish community. I invite you to join with me now in entrusting this entire, entire project, its fruitfulness, our faithfulness, and the good work the Lord has in store for us to our Blessed Mother's care as we already profess our great trust in her intercession. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy hope or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, and deny mercy, hear and answer us. Amen.